Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Bits, we will be talking about how suicide has impacted us both personally and our lives. Want to say hi, babe? Hey, everyone. (laughs) So, you know, I think this is a big episode, uh, I think, for both of us as, you know, something that you all might not know about us is that we both have lost partners to suicide in our lives. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, it's definitely not going to, well, there might be some LOL parts, but it's going to be a get the Kleenex box. Yeah. Candy, I feel like it's more, um, it's not meant to be depressing, but more celebration, I think, right? To, To talk about their whole journey and our journey anyways. Totally. I think we want to honor these people that have been in our lives and, you know, I think a huge part that they, they have played in our lives and who we are today. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think just to sort of start it off, I would love Tyler, if you could maybe share just a little bit about, you know, your partner and like what that relationship was like. I'm already welling up. I haven't even started this freaking episode (laughs) yet. I've also never seen Tyler cry. So this will be, this will be interesting. (laughs) Turn off the video portion of of it. Uh, yeah. So in my, I guess, mid twenties, um, I dated, uh, somebody, Nathan, Nathan was his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was one of I think like one of my very first kind of boyfriends that I had after, you know, being in a long-term relationship for the first time with a, with a guy, um, Nathan kind of fell fairly close to the beginning of that journey for me anyways. Um, met Nathan on plenty of fish. Oh my gosh. Plenty Who remembers of plenty of fish? fish. That's it. No swiping <laughs> right. No swiping left. Plenty of fish. Um, we kind of started off, hit it, hit it off pretty quick. Um, I remember they were on a trip, I think, I don't know, somewhere down in Mexico or mm-hmm. whatever. And we had like talked like nonstop. And then I picked them up from the airport. And that's like our first meeting was I, I literally, no yeah, like literally airport, like the connection with him was so insane. And I was like, I'm picking up from the airport. Were you like, afraid like meeting him though? Not really. No. Yeah, no, not really. And you weren't like, sure you like had a serial killer in your car or something? No, nah, I mean, <laughs> hey, adventures. Right, <laughs> it's like build your own goosebumps book. It's fine. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, met met uh, picked them up at the airport, and then like we went out for dinner, and like it was just kind of like yeah, I don't know, like inseparable ever, ever since. Um, I was living in Toronto at the time. Nathan was in um, St. Catharines, and uh, I would make the drive almost like a couple days a week would drive all the way out there and then drive all the way home to go back to work and stuff like that. Um, Nathan was kind of the, um, was definitely the person, like the life of the party. Like as soon as they walked in, like just 
I don't know. And you could get Nathan to do anything just mm -hmm. for a good laugh. Like Nathan was all about the laugh. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, I remember, I remember being at a house party and he literally just whipped his nuts out and just dragged them across the table. Like <laughs> oh just God. to be like, just to be like, you know, I don't know guys, right? Yeah. Like just total bro. But, uh, would never, I would never know. Like I didn't know any of, um, like his, um, past, um, I guess, mental status mm -hmm. just because he was so happy and like i said like the life of the party like i really mm -hmm. never expected anything but a, a very genuinely happy person um he kind of gave me hints that maybe like in the past it wasn't you know always that way right yeah i feel like the people that are the happiest i mean look at robin williams right nobody yeah. nobody saw that coming either and um so we hung out for a couple months. It got really intense and mm -hmm. I was kind of on the like, holy crap, like I need to like slow, like slow this down. And, um, you wanting to slow down a relationship. I know. Right. I mean, <laughs> I think I've done it so much of just jumping right in. And it was just like, I, I was like, I got scared because yeah. this person was giving me all of the energy and all the feeling of like that I do, we've had this conversation before, mm -hmm. like that you, you deserve. And it's really mm -hmm. scary when you're not ready to accept it of or course. think that you're, you're ready for it. So like, I, <clears throat> I just told Nathan, like, you know, I need to take a step back. I, I didn't want to like, I wasn't wanting to like break up or mm -hmm. whatever. I just needed to take a couple moments of, to maybe not spend every waking moment together. And I, um, Nathan, yeah. Like, so Nathan, uh, went out. Um, I remember like the, the day that I found out it was crazy. Like the day before Friday, uh, what the Friday was, you went out with some friends from college, uh, to like an art, mm -hmm. I don't know, an art festival. I'm going to say, okay. um, was talking with him and I had prefaces that like Nathan and I didn't really need to text a lot. Like Nathan wasn't a person that like needed communication like all day every day okay. so we you know when we texted it was fine if i didn't get a response back it's not like i expected it right mm -hmm. away or vice versa so we chatted throughout the day but when it was convenient for both of us to like respond to each other so uh, nathan went out on the friday um to the art festival i you know with some of the, his good good girlfriends and uh i remember getting a text like saying that like he was drinking um, jalapeno tequila. I don't know who <laughs> who in their right mind would ever drink that to begin. That's disgusting. It, it sounds like two of the worst things put together possible. And I was like, uh, I chatted. The night was going great. He was having a good time. Um, you know, I did the whole, I, I texted him back being like, you know, I love you. Mm -hmm. Have a good night. Um, I didn't really hear anything back, which wasn't unusual, right, for me. Like, nothing was, like, mm -hmm. kind of out of the ordinary. Um, Nathan uh, would fall asleep or, like, the phone die. Like, he was just so carefree in that sense that I just – it wasn't any worry to mm -hmm. me. Um, so I went to work the next day with – in mind that I was going to drive up and surprise um, Nathan at work. Okay. Um, used to work at a flower shop up in St. Catharines. And uh, I was going to go surprise him out when I was done work. Um, Saturday rolled around, you know, I was at work, no big deal. My phone was kind of going off. Like I got like 18 missed phone calls from a number that I, I never, hmm. I never knew. And like, you know, after a while, like I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should answer that. And it was, uh, Nathan's, uh, one of his best girlfriends. As soon as I answered the phone, like she just broke down crying and, um, told me that, uh, she, uh, uh Nathan's roommate found Nathan in the basement. And I was like, what do you mean? And, uh, as soon as it clicked in, I was like, it felt like somebody ripped my heart out. Yeah. I remember being at work and I worked at uh, flight center at the time. And I remember like legit falling off my chair and my, like grabbing my chest. Like I've never, it was crazy. It, it felt like my, my heart exploded. It was like the craziest thing I've ever 
I've ever dealt with. So what did you do like in that moment? Like- <laughs> I could barely, like I could honestly, I could barely breathe. My manager um, kind of stopped what she was doing. Like took me to the back. I could barely get like the words out of my mouth that, mm-hmm. you know, Nathan had um, committed suicide and, uh, or, or died by suicide. And, um, yeah, I just, it was, it's crazy to think about that moment. Cause I could see it so vividly of like still getting that phone call, still yeah. hearing that. And I didn't believe it. And I remember I, I didn't live too far away and I, I remember trying to call my mom and I couldn't even get the words out. Mm-hmm. Like she answered the phone and I was just like, like, I don't cry. And like, it felt like, you know, 20 something years of tears were built up and I was like, you know, ugly crying. Like the snot was running out of my nose and I could barely breathe. And, you know, my mom, I, I remember my mom, you know, immediately like heading down to like meet me. Mm-hmm. So it was not, it was, it was that whole, it was so crazy. And Nathan, like I said, was like just so carefree and charismatic. And like, I mean, we've talked about it. Like he asked me one time, he's like, oh, if you like, when you, when you die, do you want to be like cremated or would you rather mm-hmm. be buried? And I, I like jokingly was like, I obviously want to be buried because I want to be a zombie. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, Nathan was so earthy and was like, oh, I really want like a biodome and like, I want to like, you know, I want a tree. Mm-hmm. Right. And all that. And, um, Nathan's dad and his parents were like, so his parents were split. His dad was dating somebody else who was like amazing as well. But Nathan and his mom didn't really have a good, um, relationship. Okay. And, uh, she seemed to take kind of control over his or what she thought he wanted for a funeral. Mm-hmm. And, um, he didn't get cremated. He did get cremated, but they, she like kind of forced the open casket funeral mm-hmm. first. And nobody oh wants to see a loved one like, like that, like totally. as your last, as your last memories. And, um, so Nathan, uh, died by suicide by hanging himself, um, mm-hmm. in the basement, uh, with a shoelace. Yeah. And, uh, and did you like have any, like, no idea like leading inkling. up to it yeah there was no note nothing was on mm. on his computer nothing was like on his phone uh when nathan when they found his room everything was uh, so when his roommate found him um he heard uh, nathan's alarm go off which mm. wasn't which was normal yeah right uh he just assumed nathan was up and probably starting to have a shower to go to work mm-hmm. uh alarm did go off he went to go check his room then walked uh went downstairs to have a smoke and uh he found him in the basement um, but, uh, when we got like the reports and everything, like Nathan, it, it seemed like Nathan came home, mm-hmm. put his clothes away, jewelry away, set up his laptop to watch like family guy or something on Netflix. Everything was in like a condition left as if like Nathan was going to get up and, and go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I guess from that moment, then like, did you get to be a part of like the funeral and stuff uh, like that? Like you could kind of like. You didn't, you mentioned it a little bit, but you didn't really go into it. Yeah. So the funeral, again, uh, nobody told me that it was going to be an open casket funeral. Mm-hmm. I found out when I got there. Um, and so Nathan's dad and uh, his girlfriend or uh, mm-hmm. wife at the time um, invited me to come early so I could have my moment. Okay. That's really um, nice. Yeah. The, the intentions were there. Uh, Nathan's mom, however, did not let me have my moment with the family. So I never got my time myself, I guess, mm. without anybody else being around. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't let me in uh, before the doors open for everybody. And my first time, I, I that's when I found out it was an open casket, just mm. seeing him lay there. So what was like that, your reaction to that? He, <laughs> I just, I just broke down. Like I just, yeah. I don't know. 
it was very, it was very hard to take in everything. It was hard to digest the fact that I just lost somebody, even though we weren't dating that long, like under a year, but mm-hmm. like, I would never wish that on anybody to get that kind of phone call. And then just to like, it, it became so real mm-hmm. seeing him lay there. So yeah. like lifeless and not looking like himself either. Mm-hmm. Right. That was terrible. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it was pretty terrible. Yeah. So like, you know, I think, so this happens and, you know, you're sort of like going through this sort of process of, you know, having to say goodbye to someone you care about. Like what, what did you do? Um, man, it was like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. Uh, that day. I mean, they, they were playing a video of like all the pictures, I guess that they had, first of all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, we all see the memes that say, if I die, please delete my browser history. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? So obviously his parents, his dad, and uh, I'm going to say stepmom mm-hmm. had his phone. Okay. And I'm sure we all have pictures on there that would not be family yeah, appropriate. For sure. And I remember just talking to his stepmom being like, so just so you know. <laughs> what was on there, Tyler? I apologize now for any pictures or videos that may be on Nathan's uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's so awkward. Anyways, had that conversation, but it, they put together like a like a slideshow, like a reel of like videos and like photos that they found on his phone of like mm-hmm. important things, I guess that they considered. So it was like a reel of like friends and family and and stuff like that. And it was just on a continuous loop, and uh, they ended up playing. They found a playlist that I made Nathan of mm-hmm. like all of our like songs, and they had that. Um, the funeral was just really weird. I was so desensitized. I don't even know whether mm-hmm. I was there to be honest with you. I remember yeah. showing up. I remember seeing him lay there. I came with like a single rose and I had my ears stretched a lot um, mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, so did Nathan and one of my old piercings, like I could wear as a ring. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing that and I remember tucking in my other, you know, plug or spacer into like his chest mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah. I'm crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to right now. It's like the tears are welling up. It's pretty uh the whole experience. Oh. I just I just feel like I was totally desensitized of being being and there. How old were you when like this happened? Like twenty-six. Yeah, wow. Twenty-six. And like like what does a twenty-six year old like know about mourning? Like how did you and, how did you even deal with that? Like at this point, like I hadn't lost a whole lot of family members. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been to friends funerals, unfortunately. And, you know, family, you, you, we get old, you know, you know, it's coming, you yeah. know how to prepare for it. You know how to say your goodbyes, you know how to like, you know, keep, you know, I don't know, going to make sure that you're visiting people and like just popping in or having that call yeah. and like to have somebody that, it doesn't even cross your mind that you're going to lose the next day. Yeah, Cause at that age, you're like in a bubble, you know, like you just 26, don't even just, think about that at all. You're just living your life, just, partying, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The after, like what followed after like the funeral and stuff was, uh, wasn't my best self. No. So what did that look like? <laughs> uh, I, so I didn't start drinking until I was about like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of had my party moments, but I, I wasn't a really big drinker. And then Nathan died and I just like got really bad. I, I remember waking up one day and like, so I, I was calling into work. I mean, work mm-hmm. was great. Everybody yeah. at Flight Center, like my management team was 
honestly amazing. Like they didn't expect me to come in. They gave me bereavement days. Like they gave, they didn't take any of my vacation days. Like they really were like, you take Mm -hmm. your time. They were very adamant on like using the company, like EAP program. Mm -hmm. And it was really good. Like I, I won't knock that. Like they definitely gave me my time, but you know, when I was showing up for work, no, I wasn't there mm-hmm. mentally. Um, I started, I, uh, like I said, I woke up one day and I kind of like looked around my like bachelor apartment. And I was like, well, I have enough beer boxes to make a freaking fort in my yeah. house. And I was like smoking a lot of weed and. So numbing a lot. A lot. Yeah. I got into a pretty big, well, just pushing people away. And then mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I don't talk to Nathan's friends as much as I did as I, as I used mm-hmm. to, obviously. And I, the, his, one of his good girlfriends that obviously called me, um, put a lot of blame on me for mm-hmm. like, it was my fault because I had a conversation of like wanting to slow things down. So like she put a lot of blame on me of that was his like pushing point. Yeah, right. So, so there was a lot of guilt, um, on me mm-hmm. and I felt very guilty for it, even though that like my intentions weren't, like malicious or mm-hmm. in the intent of, of being malicious in that sense. So yeah, there's a lot to deal with. I think it's so interesting, you know, hearing you share your experience and, you know, I think it was one of the things that we sort of talked about a lot when we first started dating, but I think yeah. we were both really surprised. I think about Def- us both having partners. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that we've been through that, you know, at a really, a really young age. And, but also like, you know, I think, you're really like the first partner that I've even really been that open about like talking about it with. It's really hard. Like it's really hard in that the situation is, I'm not going to say like losing anybody is easy because it's Mm -hmm. not. And I'm not going to say that it gets easier, but in a slight way it does because you start celebrating in remembrance Mm -hmm. more than like, you know, thinking and and grieving in the sense of like being guilty and stuff like that. But I mean, I I think it's so hard in other relationships for me anyways, or especially at the beginning or, or new relationships. Mm -hmm. And I would bring up a part of that. And it was like, almost I was being made to feel guilty that I was still missing them or still thinking about them or, you know, I still have like Nathan's shirt Mm -hmm. or like, but I think people just don't realize. I don't think grieving is something that just goes away in a couple months. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, I, it was 22 when it happened to me and I'm still grieving and there's still moments where or days like that are really hard for me. And I think, it's really hard. I think, like you said, like being in a relationship with someone else or dating someone else and you're still like going through that process because it's like, you know, I needed like a solid, like, I think like four or five years to really like get to a point where like it it wasn't really emotionally like weighing me down on like a daily basis. Yeah. And and like exactly what you said. And like, you know, within the first couple of years, like, you know, his, the anniversary of his death, Mm -hmm. like that was a hard day. And like, you know, like you you almost like count it down like the month before you're like, Oh, you know, like it's coming, like trying to mentally prepare yourself. When was yours? Um, In April. Mm -hmm. April what? Do you remember? I think it was April 9th. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, the grieving process is pretty, uh, this is a roller coaster. Like, and you know, on that note too, like grief itself, I think everybody grieves differently Mm -hmm. and you know, the five stages of grief, people could go from stage one all the way to like, you know, stage five and be cool. Some people really get stuck on, you know, 
in one or the other, or maybe not. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Experience anything in the, yeah. in the five stages of grief. And it's just, uh, and you never know what is going to set you off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like. It'd be driving along or, you know, I would see something and it'd be like instant like waterworks. And I know. It's like, it's like a smell or like Oh my God, his, like his cologne. I, yeah. Like I couldn't. Anybody that was wearing that, like it's, I had to walk away. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that, that happens? I yeah. was literally like in a shopper's drug mart and this song like came on that we used to listen to that like isn't a very popular song. And it was like the, like, a, it's like that song, like, if I die young, bury me in like a bed of roses, like that song. And we're like walking into a shopper's drug mart and I literally like fell to my knees and just started crying. It's like that song came on and it was just like stupid that we both like that song. But like, yeah, yeah. it's like things like that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not fun. So like for me, I was like 20, I guess I was like 23 when it happened to I'm me. I'm pretty sure like when we had this conversation, yeah. mine happened in April and yours happened the October yeah. of the same year. Probably. Which I, is crazy to me that like we're so connected on yeah, so many other so levels, but we had the same experience within a couple of months of the same year of yeah. each other. Whoa. I never even thought about that. Isn't that, that yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, and. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, like I moved to Toronto like super young. I moved here on my 19th birthday. And, you know, it was really like me moving to Toronto was one of the, like me just like coming to a place where I could like fully be myself. And um, moving to the city, I kind of lost everything. Like here, like I was supposed to have a job lined up and that didn't happen. And so like I sort of had to like take this like entry-level job position at a shopper's drug mart, which, you know, it's, it was amazing. And I was so grateful for that, that scenario. But, you know, I was like 19 at the time. And so I was like working at the shopper's drug mart in the underground at Union Station. And I remember like this one day there was, it was like raining really hard and I had this like purple rain jacket. And so I was like walking, like, uh, like walking into work and, like, as I was walking, there's, like, this tall guy with, like, long hair that kind of looked like Thor a bit was, like... Your weakness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the complete opposite. <laughs> he, like, he was, like, in this, like, very, like, kind of eccentric and positive voice was, like, oh, I love your purple jacket. And I was just, like, so caught off guard because it was kind of, like, the first time that someone made me kind of feel beautiful, I guess. Like, I always, like, kind of would walk with my head down, really, at that point and, like, was very insecure and... So I noticed that he was wearing like a Starbucks like apron and there was like a few Starbucks in the area. So I was like, okay, like maybe this person like works at one of the Starbucks. I'm like assuming that he's queer. 
And, uh, and so like, I went, I started like, and I also, I don't drink coffee. Like I didn't have never had a coffee up until that point. <laughs> you stalked the Starbucks. Boy? And so like I stalked, I was like going to all the Starbucks and then I finally found the one that he worked at, which ironically was like directly across from where I worked at Shoppers Drug Mart. I could literally like see him working like from <laughs> okay, across so, from me through the glass. So how long did you figure out that it was across the street? Oh my God. It took me forever like to figure <laughs> it out, but which is like so funny. But like, so then I'm like, okay, I mustered up the courage and like went over there and like didn't know what to order. I'm like, Grande venti what's like a large small like i was so confused i like i didn't know what to order so i remember just like i ordered like a black coffee and like they gave me like a grande size or something and so like i went over and like had my coffee and like got to the bar and matt was like there like steeping milk and and he was like oh hi and like his very like eccentric voice and i was like how are you and and he's like oh i'm good and uh, and anyway we were like making like small talk and so then he was like oh like i get off at whatever time, like you should come over after you finish your shift and like, I'll make you a drink or whatever. And so then that sort of was like, I guess the beginning of our kind of like very complicated relationship because, you know, like we started going on dates and like, I was like, you know, really, it was the first time that I really fell in love with someone and, um, you know, sort of like kind of, I guess like maybe eight or nine months, like, into our relationship, like, I had found out that, like, Matt was, like, sleeping with other people and, like, mm. Matt didn't want a monogamous relationship and, like, that just, like, wasn't who, who he was. And, you know, Matt was also, like, I think he was, like, maybe, like, 26 or, like, 27 at the time. Like, he was quite a bit older than me and, like, way more into, like, his sexual journey. And, and you know, I was, like, so, like, sort of, like, heartbroken and upset, like, you know, when I found this sort of out in our relationship. And so I kind of, like, took this, like, step back, you know, from, like, seeing him. But, like, you know, I was also just, like, so in love with him. So it would be, yeah. like, every couple of months, like, not a couple of months, like, every couple of weeks, next thing I would know, like, he would be over at my place. And this, like, corny thing that we would do together is, like, he would read me books like we'd be like cuddled in bed after sex and he would like read me a chapter out of like a book that like a book. And uh, so I just like, I don't know. It was like, it was so cute. So it was like this very like tumultuous kind of like relationship that I feel like we had where it was like kind of in and out. And then eventually like, I just like couldn't do it anymore. Cause I like just wanted him to commit to me and he like didn't want to. And um, so I like, I ended up meeting someone else and we started dating and, and then, like that relationship end and Matt kind of kept trying to come back into my life in a way, but it just, yeah, we never like sort of synced up. And then I went to Paris to like model and did like a modeling contract over there. And then when I came back, I had to go back to work at Shoppers Drug Mart. And I remember like Matt came in like that, like that, that same day that I just started working again back at Shoppers. And he was like, like, I just like, remember, like, he literally walked in and he, like, put his hands on my face. And he always did this, like, weird thing where he squished my face. And I would be so mad because I, like, would spend all my time doing my makeup and he'd, like, fucking smear it. And he, like, he was like, Miles, like, you, I want you to know that you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And, like, I think, like, that I want you to know that, like, I'm at a place now where, like, I'm ready to, like, be with you. And I remember he kissed my forehead and then he's like, I hope that I can see you soon. And and then he like left. And it was like Halloween night that night. And, you know, like, so I'm going through this, like, you know, like finally the love of my life like came back to me yeah, like all emotions. of these years later. And like, you know, I just was like on this sort of high of 
you know, finally feeling like I can be with this person that I've like, haven't stopped thinking about for like the last, you know, so many years. And then like, I texted him like the next day to see like how his Halloween was and, you know, Matt loved to parties and like have a good time. And, and I didn't, I didn't hear back. And it was like really weird. And I was like, what's going on? And, and then it was like, I think it was like two or three days later, I got a phone call from someone that like, it was like a mutual friend of ours, but I mm-hmm. wasn't really close with him. And he's like, Miles, like, did you hear about Matt? And I'm like, and I'm like on the streetcar at this point. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, like Matt's dead. And I, I just like, I remember just like, trying not to cry because I was in like a public place and like was like trying to like hold it together and I'm like okay what do you mean and he's like he could didn't really have a lot of information he's like all I know is that they found Matt dead so then I'm like spiraling and like trying to figure out you have no information which is like I just feel like it makes it so much worse like there's totally so so much unanswered well exactly because like you know that I was like was he murdered like we just didn't know you know and then I'm like going on Facebook and like trying to look for information and then I like messaged one of his like best friends and she was the one who sort of told me that he had committed suicide and he had like that he was like found at the bottom of his apartment building goodness and I was like just like so devastated in that moment. And so I like, I eventually like made it home and I like got into my, my condo and I was living with one of my best friends at the time. And I just like, remember like looking at him and like having this sort of like long walk from the streetcar stop. I had to like kind of go a couple blocks and I just like, remember like falling to my knees and just like looking at my best friend, Jonathan at the time. And I just started crying. I was like, Matt's dead, Matt's dead. And like, was just like, had this like total breakdown. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just like, it was, it was really like for me, I guess, like the first time that like that immortality, I think of your of my youth, I felt like was taken, you know, was gone completely. It, it, there's like an innocence that like is literally taken away yeah. from you in a moment like that. It is. And it's, you know, it's so it's it's so hard because like we said earlier, it's like you just you're so young and you don't know how to grieve and you don't know how you, to process it. And like I mean, we we both lost partners that we knew. You you knew Matt a lot longer than I I had known Nathan. Yeah. But like these situations make me think of all the parents that have lost children or mm-hmm. kids that have lost their parents to suicide. Like their whole they it's almost like a whole lifetime of knowing somebody and, and like, feeling like you don't know them. A hundred percent. You know, like like you were saying about about Nathan, it's like Matt was the type of person that would just like walk into the room and it would just like light up the room, you know, with his, like his energy and his smile. And, you know, it's just like, that was just, that was just who he was. It was like, I, I, I would look at his happiness and his joy and like, be like, I want to be like him one day, you know, like I want to feel that happy that he feels. So it's like, was such a like punch to the gut, you know, like when, when you find out that it's like, that's totally not it how the person was actually feeling. Like maybe he, there was moments of that, like, you know, within our relationship, but it's like, you know, it, it is, it's so, it's so hard to process it and not blame yourself and be like, you know, what, what could I have done yeah. in that situation? You know, because the, what could I have done question is, uh, and you live with that question for so long. So <laughs> you do. You definitely do. And it's like, you just don't. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get closure? You know? And, and like, you know, I, 
I'm so happy that like you at least got to go, you know, and be there. Like, yeah, did you get to go to a funeral or a no, celebration like, of life at all? I never met his, I never met his family. So like, I didn't even have their contacts. I didn't have like any information and like no one reached out to me. And I didn't know who to like reach out and like, you know, because of our complicated, like untraditional type of relationship that we had, you know, like, how do I explain that? Like, you know, I've been and, in a... And did you, like, did you even know, like, if his parents knew that he was, like, queer or, well, right? Like, I, so... Exactly. Like, I knew his parents, <clears throat> like, from what Matt would share with me, that, like, you know, that he didn't necessarily have, like, the best relationship with yeah. his queerness with his parents. And, like, you know, so... Which would, could be in a complete awful situation to begin with of you actually reaching out and then being like, oh, I was your son's partner. And they're like, pardon? Totally. Right? So, you know, it was, it was tough. And, like, I was really glad, like... So some of his friends, like, organized sort of, like, a celebration of, like, life and stuff. And I did give, like, a little, like, speech thing, like, at Mm. at that, like, with his friends who did it, like, at a closed Starbucks, like, you know, one day. But I remember, like, in that that speech, I heard a quote at that point, and and it said that, you know, that the pain and the weight that like that loss kind of creates in your life. Like it never goes away, but like you eventually become strong enough to carry it with you. And Mm -hmm. that was sort of like how I closed my speech of like, this is like how I want to try to like live my life, you know, like with that in mind. And, but I, but it's funny because like thinking back to it now, I think it's so true, Mm -hmm. you know, like totally that I, I didn't think that I could get through that moment, you know? I definitely didn't think I was going to ever come out on the other side of that yeah either it, like it made me it made me question my own life it made me question my career it made like it made me question everything it literally puts perspective of like um you know something that can be ripped away from you so quickly mm-hmm. and like i was trying to live my life like you know like take all the moments in and stuff and i, I feel like losing nathan was like even more so and i i feel like after nathan was when I really started to start like trying to hang on to the people in my life or trying to like, you know, uh, relationship after relationship after mm-hmm. relationship of being like, and you know, I was engaged. I was playing or proposing uh, like a few times yeah. because of it, because of being like, I don't, you might not give everything for me, but I also don't want to lose you. Yeah. Right. And like, not. did I, you ever question like if you would ever find that again? Like, 100%. did you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think I was gonna be able to find something like that. No. And then you know, eight years later in the friend zone, here we are. <laughs> I'm glad we found each other. <laughs> but it's true, but it's true. Like I think that it's hard. It, I think just that question in itself of like, how do I ever like replace what this person like yeah. gave to me, you know, in a relationship? And I think that is such a heavy (laughs) yeah and it can never be replaced like i don't think i don't think it's ever going to be replaced but i think that there's there can be moments and um people in your life that you know i'm not going to say like come to a close second but give Mm -hmm. you that a very similar feeling and and response and you have to be open to it i feel like i was closed off for a long time yeah if not wanting it. Um, I, I know that we both like talk about like spiritual, like mm-hmm. wise and stuff. Was there anything for you for Matt? Like, was, did you think of like, is there any signs that you, that you go to, or is there like stuff that happens and you go, you know, Matt, Matt's with me. And does like that, does that help? Do you have those? Yeah. So I have like really funny things. Like, so I feel like for Matt, 
so feathers have always been like a really big like symbolic thing for me and like since matt died i've always find feathers like everywhere like i I literally like find them almost every day it's so weird um and in the randomest places too totally like like we've been on exactly crazy walks and yeah and and they're not little feathers either they're like (laughs) full-blown yeah it's pretty funny it would be like things like that for a really long time i would like constantly like feel like I would see him, which mm-hmm. is like, like I would double take like walking down the street and I would think that I would see him in a crowd or like sitting on a streetcar that would pass me, like things like that, you yeah. know, or like I would smell like his perfume. Like, I don't know if my mind mm-hmm. was like playing tricks. I mean, did, did any like thing happen for you? So Nathan was like super ginger, like okay. super ginger. Like more ginger than you. Like full blown, like fire truck red, <laughs> like ginger, like yeah. yeah, really, 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 really ginger. And um, so after after his funeral, we went back to um, one of his friends' places that mm-hmm. were um, kind of had like a little bit of a celebration, like after, and they had bought all of these balloons to like okay. release for Nathan. And it was kind of like a stormy. It was really like the day wasn't a nice April day. Like mm-hmm. it was definitely you know April showers. It was dark, kind of gloomy. And when we were in, we released these balloons, two things happened, which just like absolutely creeped me out. One, when we released like the balloons, there was an orange balloon that like, and it was windy, hovered okay. in between the two houses, a single orange, balloon, like a single orange balloon. And I kid you not, I have pictures and like, and then as the wind took the balloons, that balloon kind of like went and then it formed a perfectly shaped heart over like a house it was like the craziest and i have pictures of this and i was like i remember all of us standing there there was like 15 or 20 of us and we were like couldn't say a single word uh, about what all of us yeah how does that happen just witnessed right um and then they all blew away, but like orange balloons have been like such a thing. And I'd see them in the most random places. Like I remember uh, one time driving on the 400 going up to um, like my aunt's cottage mm-hmm. and we pass Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. And there was a, a full like picture, like a very full balloon. Yeah. Um, stuck in between the guardrails. Um, and like after his death, like I would see full balloons all the time of like orange balloons randomly one would be stuck in like a um you know where you lock up your bikes or Mm. you know stuck in a tree in the middle of a forest walk like just really random places and then as time kind of went on um the balloons that i would see would be like less and less full Hmm. so like it was almost as if like i didn't need them anymore Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think you're getting stronger. Yeah, you know, like I, I was kind of going on and I, I, I re- one of the relationships that I had after that kind of, you know, was close to what I had with Nathan and like a fresh beginning and mm-hmm. it, everything was there. I, I'll, I'll remember like a couple months into this relationship that I finally kind of started letting my guard down. I found like a completely deflated orange balloon mm-hmm. on like tucked into my windshield wiper whoa is that nuts yeah i still see orange balloons but it's not like they're not as often yeah. but they'll be in random so i think it's probably that, like when you need it most and, and i don't know i'm 100%. very like superstitious in that way of like i really believe that you know those are like messages yeah. you know that just like reminding them you know that maybe they can't show us themselves like totally but they can i, I would also signs. like yeah i'd also feel the same uh like what you like what you said like uh seeing people in the street or like mm-hmm. double taking it and being like just really questioning myself that but yeah it's 
I don't think anybody was as ginger as Nathan was. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to this episode of Our Private Bits. Please be sure to rate and leave us a comment and review about what you thought about this episode. And please share on social media. <laughs> Bye, cuties! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.